Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. For free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Monday afternoon. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi and our websites around the state. Glad to have you with us this afternoon. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Always a pleasure to talk Southern Miss sports from 1 o'clock every afternoon. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour, proud supporters of Southern Miss, and we're happy to say and very proud to say friends of ours. Great food seven days a week. Justin and his crew do it upright. That's the best barbecue in town. You can enjoy it through the drive through They'll deliver it to your house, or you can just sit right down in the dining room uh, and enjoy it uh, just like we used to at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. But however you choose, just make sure it's Dickie's. Kelly will be joining us a little later. Luke and Kelly very excited about Tom Brady getting back to yet another Super Bowl, and uh, we'll be talking about that. A lot of basketball news to talk about uh, in the next hour as well. But first, we want to kick off the show and uh, welcome back one of our very favorite coaches. John Stewart is the track and field coach at Southern Miss. We've made no secret about what an outstanding job he's done with the program uh, since coming to USM. And uh, this past weekend, uh, no pun intended, uh, his guys and girls really hit the ground running at the Sanford Invitational. And, uh, Coach, I know that you've got to be very happy with uh, the performance of uh, your kids this past weekend at Sanford University. Yeah, they, they were uh, outstanding this weekend. We had, uh, you know, we had a rough start. Uh, we had some good performances, but, you know, uh, coaches are always looking at the bad things that happened, I think, but... <laughs> But the second week, you know, what a difference a week makes. And uh, we had Corvell Todd, who, who really was outstanding in the high jump, and he's, he's uh, number four in the nation right now. He had a, wow. a cleared seven feet, half inch. So uh, excited about that. And we just had a few other uh, newcomers that, that are starting to really perform and, uh, you know, just hoping that this, you know, that we stay away from COVID and, and we just keep this thing rolling. All right, three first-place finishes, five second-place finishes, eight third-place finishes. Uh, you win uh, the 400-meter, the high jump, and the 4-by-400 relay. Any kids jump out uh, that you want to praise a little bit this afternoon? Well, of, of course, there's, there's Corvell Todd, uh, just another Mississippi kid who came here, and he was junior college national champion, and and we've done really well in the high jump over the past several years, and, and we're just uh, going to continue that trend with Corvell. Um, but he did a great job. He won easily. Uh, uh, Savannah McMillan uh, had her big personal best in the mile and ran 457 in the mile. That's not too bad for – and it's not, not a guy now. It's a girl, 457 mm-hmm. in the mile. So she ran pretty well. And, of course, Trey Johnson is just stellar as ever. Uh, he was he was outstanding. Won the 400, uh, broke the meet record there. And, uh, you know, we, we still got a ways to go with training, but but, but Trey is he's doing a great job. It's taking me about 15 minutes these days to walk a mile. So four minutes seems pretty fast to me, Coach, girl or boy. 
I, I tell you what, you know, 15 minutes is pretty fast if you're walking. You're, you're moving it. Um, <laughs> I walk up and down the trace, and, you know, if I'm hitting 16 minutes a mile, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, yeah. You know, but the, but four minutes, uh, if you break the five-minute barrier for women, you're starting to, to become a, a relevant uh person for you know in the ncaa so uh, i think that's uh i think that's outstanding performance for savannah well good for her luke get in here with uh, coach john stewart yeah coach uh corvell todd i mean we, we look at what you've done in the high jump the last few years with caleb parker and then of course eric richards and man it's tough to see how eric's career you know ended and you now we think about triple jump with with john warren what is it you, you mentioned how well you've done i mean is there any specific thing that keeps drawing these high jump and and long jump uh, kids to hattiesburg i don't know you know i i just i tell them what the secret of the high jump is the first day of practice and you know it's just the, the secret is to go over the bar. You just got to go over it, you know, and that's the secret. And we, we keep it we keep it simple. Um, but you know, the state of Mississippi has been outstanding in the high jump. We just we've just produced so many good high schoolers in the high jump. Uh, you know, over the past several years, and luckily we've gotten several of those kids. You know, we had one one good guy went to Alabama, one went to LSU, and. And there's two outstanding jumpers. We got both of them. Uh, Eric Richards is coming back actually for the outdoor season, and awesome. he's teamed up with Corvell, and, and they're uh, they make great training partners. And, and I think that definitely helped Corvell just ex- excel. Absolutely, competition always always does that. We and this is a maybe a, a unique question because of uh, you know the uniqueness of track and field, but we see it you know in in several uh, sports. The, the coach Hall in football, the latest splash twelve hours thirteen signees were from the state of Mississippi, and, and Mississippi sometimes doesn't get recognized for per capita how much athletic uh, you know proudness and talent it puts out is that the same in track and field is Mississippi kind of underrated in what it puts out nationally uh, yeah I think they're a little a little underrated uh, there, there's there's talent here in the state you just get you got to go find it though and you know track and field is it, it, like it is in all states you know you have an assistant football coach usually coaching the track team. And, and, and sometimes it's a different coach every single year. So that, that kind of tends to have a little bit of inconsistency in coaching and training. So, uh, but if you find a kid that, that excels no matter what, no matter who's coaching them, because I'm a firm believer you can't hide talent, uh, you, you know, that, that, you know, there's, there's, there are talented kids here. You just, they just kind of go overlooked, a little bit undertrained sometimes. But you just got to go see them. You can, if you put put eyes on them, then uh, you're gonna you can be able to tell who's gonna be really good pretty soon. Coach Stewart, Coach Barry tells us that he loves to to get kids that played multiple sports in high school to come here and play baseball. How many kids uh, do you recruit that were multi-sport athletes in high school that that run track in college? Oh, we I mean, just about every kid we have was a multi-sport uh, athlete. Uh, you know, from the throwers, like if you got a girl that's a good discus or shot putter, if they were a good basketball player, hey, that means they can move. Uh, Denisha Jones was a conference record holder in the shot put and won the discus in our conference, and she was an outstanding basketball player. And I think we before we saw her throw, we saw her play a basketball game, and we, said, mm-hmm. we just thought, man, that girl could really move. So, you know... A lot of our kids play multiple sports. You just got to watch out for the kids who sit back on the track and go, "Man, I could be playing football here." You know, uh-huh. I, I sit there 
thinking, yeah, right. Wait till you get hit one time and see if you want to keep playing football at collegiate level. But, All right. But, but that's, a, that's a typical conversation at, at every track practice. Yeah, Mike, Mike Tyson said famously, everybody has a plan until you get hit in the face. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's, exactly that's, that's right. probably right. Is that an advantage, though? I mean, Coach Barry's a big believer. He thinks that makes for better baseball players. Does it make for better uh, track athletes? It does. It does. I mean, you know, kids that play multiple sports are a little bit tougher. Uh, they're a little more athletic. They kind of pick up some things that, that you ask them to do in practice a little bit uh, quicker and easy. So, you know, it does help. Um, you know, the kids that just run track and that's all they do, uh, chances are they're, they could be really good at their craft, but they could also be, you know, sometimes they become a little mentally weak. I like the kids that, that can do a lot of different things. So, and I think that helps our track team too. All right, what's ahead, Coach? Uh, we in two weeks we go back to Birmingham. We're just going to go to Birmingham all our meets, just about, and we have the uh, South Alabama Invitational, and we're gonna we're gonna compete. Uh, heaven for Lord have mercy. We're, we're competing on Super Bowl Sunday, but uh, uh, luckily none none of my teams are in it. So uh, we're just going to go compete and then get back home and. We'll catch the second half of the Super Bowl, but I'm, I'm excited to get on the road and, and, and compete again. It's just been a long time since we've, we've had a season, so uh, right. you know, anytime we get to suit up, I'm ready. All right, Luke, one more question for Coach Stewart. Coach, uh, what, how has COVID affected it all this year? And especially, you know, there's got to be a difference between indoor and outdoor, but, I mean, how has that impacted your sport? Well, it's it's impacting it greatly right now, and it's you know not from the fact that kids are getting really really sick. It's just the protocols we have to go through to keep from getting sick and and to keep from infecting others are, are pretty tough. But I just told the kids you got to get used to it. You know, the first meet you got to wear a mask everywhere, and then you take your mask off, you run your race, you put your mask back on. You just got to get used to that. Uh, and the sooner you get used to it and, and more accustomed to following the protocols, then then uh, chances are you're going to be okay. You're not going to be, you know, blaming something. Oh, I had to, I didn't have my mask on, or I was over here doing this, or I had to sit out. You know, they just need to get used to the, the protocols, and I think that's what's uh, probably the most challenging thing. Uh, you know, keeping your mask, keeping your nose covered, keeping your mouth covered. You know, those are just the things that I've, I'm having to harp on the kids about all the time. Coach, we're glad Track and Field is back, too. We love having you on the Eagle Hour, and we love keeping up with your great program. It just seems to get better and better every year. Uh, can we can we call on you some more and uh, get you here on a pretty regular basis while you guys are competing? Hey, you, you call me anytime. You call me anytime. I just got to run and find a quiet spot because, you know, I either got a dog barking or the phone ringing or somebody's <laughs> knocking on my door. I've, I've already got six phone calls while we've been sitting here from kids on the team. There we go. <laughs> so, well, Coach... Always great to hear from you, and we will be calling on you uh, throughout the track season. Thanks for your time, Coach. Oh, thank you very much. All right. Coach John Stewart, everybody, track and field coach extraordinaire at the University of Southern Mississippi. We're going to talk hoops. It was a good weekend for Joy Lee McDellis and her girls. That's coming up. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Coach John Stewart for coming on the Eagle Hour. Congratulations to him and his squad. Great weekend at the uh, Sanford Invitational. Three first place finishes, five second, eight 
third. Uh, it couldn't do much better than that. This segment sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. They've got all the baseball stuff coming in. They've got all the basketball stuff in stock. You know, you want to look good at basketball and baseball. That's the place to go. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. They're right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. They're open Monday through Saturday, or you can shop online at campusbookmart.net, or you can call and uh, talk to them over the phone. Tell them what you want. They will pick this up, pick it out for you. Make sure it's what you're looking for and mail it to your house. They're trying to do every can, everything they can to make it easy to uh, buy Southern Miss merchandise at Campus Bookmart and campusbookmart.net. I like to start every Monday, Luke, on a positive note. So I want to start with women's basketball. I'm so happy for Joy Lee McNellis and her kids. Uh, They sweep UTSA 88-64, 73-66, picked their record up to 5-5, and and congratulations to the Lady Eagles. Good performance out in Texas this weekend. Uh, yeah, they defended uh, the greenhouse extremely well. You win by twenty-four. They dominated in the first at the end of the first quarter in Friday's game. They were up twenty-six to four and really wow. uh, turned it on and and played great. The Golden Eagles are getting extremely good play from Warmsley and uh, Gray. These are two freshmen. Warmsley uh, scored eleven on Friday. Uh, Brickayla Gray and I should say West Jones Mustang represent there off the bench scored 17 in 21 minutes. Kelsey Jones also 21 points. Uh, Lady Eagles Friday night shot the ball 64 percent uh, from the floor, 83 percent from three point land, and really just dominated. and And you look at uh, I was I was going to share it in the fourth segment, but just go ahead and, and uh, tell you again. Warmsley got the third conference USA Freshman of the Week award. Her and and uh, I, I think Grayson has already had got it also twice. So the Golden Eagles are getting a lot of really good play out of these true freshmen and, and really dominated. You see that on Friday night. Yeah, and I misspoke. Obviously, they were here. The men were on the road uh, against uh, Texas San Antonio. Uh, you know, the Lady Eagles early in the year missed a lot of games and a lot of practice time. Uh, Joy Lee told me one afternoon that uh, – you know, she she had gotten down to like two and three kids that could practice at one time uh, because of COVID. So they they were kind of they were kind of handicapped early in the season. But it does seem to me that just what you said, some of these freshmen uh, are really stepping up. The kids seem to be finding some chemistry, and uh, we're going to try to track her down and get her on the show this week. But I'm I'm guessing uh, Coach is pretty happy right now with the way her team's playing. She is, and, and just to go back to those two two freshmen specifically with uh, Warmsley and Gray on Saturday, Lady Eagles win seventy three to sixty six. Warmsley put in twenty five, Gray put in fourteen. So the Golden Eagles score roughly about one hundred and fifty four points or, or whatever it is is one hundred sixty points in two games. Those two freshmen scored sixty seven of those points. Wow, <laughs> how about that? I mean, this is there's some really 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 good talent going there, and and you look at, uh, I mean. And you got people, you know, that maybe didn't score that many, but I mean, Allie Kennedy's been a staple for this team. Put in 25 minutes on Saturday. Uh, Lady Eagles shot 51% from the floor and didn't shoot the three ball and as good, but it was a game that was a little closer. And uh, Lady Eagles found a way at the end, you know, to uh, to, to win it. So uh, they sweep. They get to five and five overall. In, uh, Overall for the season, get back to 500 in Conference USA. You know, they improved to three and five, and they've won their last three out of four games. So it was a, yep. it was a good, it was a sweet weekend defending home for the Lady Eagles. Yeah, excellent job, congratulations, uh, men. Not not a 
not a good story. You know, we were really under the – I think it's fair to say we were thinking they could, they could go out there and, and maybe even sweep Texas San Antonio, but the reverse happens, Luke. They uh, they lose two games, 64-70 to 70 and 72-78. to 78. Uh, What happened? It, it, the case of both games was the, the turnovers, uh, and that's what we've seen this entire year. Golden Eagles had nine turnovers in the first game, and then if you watched Saturday's game, it was like the most crucial moments. They, they turned the ball over, 14 turnovers on Saturday. And it was both games were the same way. You get behind, you're down 10 to 15 points. At one point they were down like 17. You claw your way back in the game. You fight back. You pull within two or three and then you lose at the end, you know, on free throws. There was a time, I think the Saturday game, they got it to two points and then UTSA went on another 10 point run. And again, it's just, it is the fact that on the offensive end, they are turning the ball over far too many times. Tay Hardy did not play Friday and he did not play Saturday. I think he's dinged up a little bit. That forced Kanatsik in the in the um, starting lineup uh, both days. And you look at it, and Stevenson had a good game on Friday. He had a double-double, 23 points, 10 rebounds. Um, Pinckney had seven rebounds on, on Friday. And then Saturday, Drain uh, was pretty good. Drain hit five threes, five of ten. With, he had 19 points. Stevenson had another double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds. But it just seems like um, – and it's not even with, with Tay Hardy in there uh, because we've seen kind of Tay move. It seems like at Southern Miss he's going to be more of a two-guard than he will be a true point. They're just missing a, a, a general. I mean, you look back and you and you think about um, some of the, the point guards we've had over the years. They just need a true point guard on the court. Pierre's kind of being forced into that role. And at the end of the game uh, on Saturday, you saw kind of his some of his youth and inexperience. It's just got to be kind of frustrating. I think uh, Ladner said in the postgame he was kind of heartbroken because you, you thought you would at least split. But I, I text somebody Friday night. I said, man, UTSA is better than the one in five team that, that they, you know, have, have they were the record shows. And so what that does is Southern Miss falls to three and five in the conf- conference. They're tied for last place in the West right now, seven and eight on the year. But they have got to do something and to 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 cull the turnovers. And Sheila told me um, before uh, we got on air today, he's supposed to have Spoon on Wednesday, right. and I can can talk to him about that. Do we know what's wrong with Tay Hardy? Is that a serious problem? We certainly don't want to lose him. I just kind of heard he was he's dinged up some, and I don't think it was anything serious. Uh, but but one one thing is kind of concerning, Bob. Friday, eight guys play. Um, Stevenson was out there 36 minutes. Pierre was out there 35 minutes. On uh, Saturday, Stevenson played the entire 40 minutes. You really only had eight guys. Uh, Denaje Harris played eight minutes on Saturday, so you really had nine guys on the court. But what did we see You know, down the stretch last year? We're like, oh, we need depth. We need depth. We need depth. And this year, it seems like we have some depth that's not playing. And so um, you don't want to be rolling the same seven guys out there every night with the occasional eighth guy getting out there. They got to they got to have some more out of their out of their bench for sure. Uh, am I right? Uh, who's next? I'm, I, for some reason, I think it's Louisiana Tech. Am I right about that or wrong? It is, and this is the unique week. So because Tech is our travel partner, it's not a Friday Saturday this this week. Thursday night we're playing at Reed Green. At 6 p.m., it's on CBS Sports Network. And then Saturday, we go to Ruston uh, for a 2 o'clock tip-off on ESPN+. Plus. So because this is the only game in the series, or the only team we're playing in a series, that we split uh, the home and away. So Golden Eagles play at Reed Green 
Thursday at 6, Friday off, go to Ruston, uh, and tip off at 2 p.m. on Saturday. Now, how does that affect the women's matchup with Louisiana Tech? I think it's basically the same thing. Looking here, I think it's reversed. Um, so, yes, so 6.30 on Thursday night, Lady Eagles travel to Ruston, okay. and then at 4 p.m. on Saturday, they play the Lady Bulldogs in Reed Green Coliseum. Okay, well, uh, well, we know Louisiana Tech is always good. Uh, the women are on. You know, women are doing okay. They they seem to be pretty stable and and, and making progress. But boy, the you know the men losing too uh, out there, and, and now Tech coming up. I I hate to use the word crucial, but boy, these are it's important for them to play a little better this week, Luke. You got to split, and and Tech's good this year. They're five and three in the conference. They're twelve and five overall, and some of the games that that they've won this year. I'm. I mean, they're they're coming off. Uh, they split with Western Kentucky at Western. I mean, that that's big. Uh, they swept uh, UTSA. They're coming off a, a split with UTEP um, out at UTEP. But man, I look at that and you know, split with Western Kentucky and and sweep San Antonio. Golden Eagles. They got to come to play, or they might you know get swept this week. You got to split. You got to split. I mean, even if you lose the home game, you got to split this week to keep yourself you know in the hunt. You don't want to be. 50% of the season gone and being in the bottom of, of the West. All right, track and field underway, basketball in full gear, baseball now. Let's see, Luke, what about the what, three weeks away, maybe three, three, three and a half weeks away, and we'll be talking about Southern Miss baseball. Hopefully the schedule's out this week, right? Yeah. We're, you know, just kind of waiting on that, and as soon as we get that, hopefully we'll have Coach Barry on. We, we know where some of the other games are, and, and we know even some of – there's been a few other conference games, um, you know, that we know where that schedule's pegged. But just kind of waiting, and Southern Miss Baseball through social media asking that all of us be patient. We're patient, but, man, we want it to, to be released so yeah. we can know what's going on. We're ready to go with baseball. All right, when we come back, there was a lot of football took place this weekend, a fantastic championship game between Green Bay and Tampa. Who would have ever thought the Tampa Bay Bucks would be in the Super Bowl? But that's where they are. Not so competitive on the AFC side, but it does it, it does set up what should be a fascinating matchup in the Super Bowl. We're going to break the championship games down, talk a little bit about the, the upcoming NFL championship big game when the Eagle Hour continues. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Monday. Glad to have you along on the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio in downtown Hattiesburg. I should say West Hattiesburg. West Hattiesburg. <clears throat> Although there is a lot of things down there where, where yeah, you we're are. Yeah, we're kind of downtown. For sure. Yeah. Third segment brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, the premier neighborhood sports bar and grill in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Today, 
you missed out on an eight ninety five lunch. You missed out on gumbo if you didn't go over there. They've got fried chicken and cheeseburger sliders also. Uh, introduced them over the weekend. A great place to go. And I need to. We need to go over there pretty soon. I mean, it's just been. I guess it's been a month or so since I've eaten there in Hattiesburg. But Fourth Street Bar and Grill, great place to go. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander joining us on the phone, and uh, before we get to Kelly, just some uh, some news coming across this morning. We talk about how when there's a new coaching staff, uh, people, you know, there's some roster uh, ads and takes away. doesn't look like this one has anything to do with that, but uh, announced uh, junior center Trace Clopton is hanging up his cleats. Uh, he's been a three-year starter at center for the Golden Eagles, battled a few injuries uh, in the 2020 campaign. But Trace Clopton from Brookhaven, Mississippi, Brookhaven High School, moving on, going to begin a career in the United States military. And we appreciate everything that he's done for Southern Miss, kind of been one of those guys that when you think of Southern Miss football the last three years, his name's uh, come at the top of the list. Uh, great personality, great player, and uh, we thank him for his future service for our country. Trace Clopton moving on, and uh, we will see who else comes in uh, as a result of Trace moving on. Kelly Sander, um, we look at the Super Bowl now set. Buccaneers dropped the Packers yesterday. Chiefs uh, dropped the Bills. That was really never a game. The, the better game was the NFC, the earlier game. Um, let's talk about each one of these games. I guess start with the, the more exciting one, the NFC Championship. All the attention on at the end of the game, Matt LaFleur's decision to kick a field goal down eight. Your thoughts about that and kind of overall thoughts about the game? Well, I, I didn't, you know, I mean, you're going to need a field goal at some point anyway. Right, I mean, I, and I, I saw all the the media coverage. Oh, you know, should have gone for the touchdown, you know. But but at least, and, and of course, if they wouldn't have gotten the touchdown, then the natural naysayers that the national media seem to be, then they just said, well, they should have at least kicked a field goal, you know. I mean, so they were going to need the points anyway. I didn't have a problem with them kicking the field goal uh, down there, but you just you can't dig yourself that big of a hole uh, early. And it's not like Tampa Bay didn't give them chances. In the second half, when when Tampa Bay's quarterback, you know what's his name, uh, threw three interceptions or whatever. <laughs> Don't be bitter, Kelly. Half. Don't be bitter about greatness. Now, come on. I, I'm not being bitter, Bob. If it, I'm jealous, <laughs> it, it's just pure green-eyed jealousy. Is all oh, it is. Mate. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm sick of him. Well, let's all right. Look back on the game. Um, but, you, you know, you can't dig yourself that hole early. And now, look, Aaron Rodgers is starting to get a label as a as a guy that can get to the championship game but can't, can't get One and four. Home. Yeah, so, I mean, now, you know, they're starting to ride him. Everything is, what have you done, you know, for me lately? Um, and Tampa Bay has won, what, seven in a row? Mm-hmm. If, if not yep. more than that, they've won, you know, three games on the road. Uh, the defense has performed well. So it's all it's all about who... You know, gets hot at the right time, and unfortunately, um, and again, it doesn't. It's whoever I cheer for loses. I, I'm the absolute yeah. kiss of death on any of these. Teams. Maybe that's been you know, maybe that's been the problem with the, with the Bengals yeah. all this time. You've been the fan, Bob. You know, going back to the Lafleur decision. You know, you're down eight. 
fourth and eight or fourth and gold from the eight. My thought was you put the hands in Rodgers, you, you put that in, in his hands. If best case scenario, you score there, you get the two point conversion. If you score and don't get the two point conversion, you still got the, the two minute warning and three timeouts. If you don't get any of that, you still are giving them the ball at their own eight yard line backed up right. and they've got to make a play. So it didn't really make much sense to me to kick the field goal. Well, I'm with you there. I, of course, I'm not a coach, and he makes a lot more money than I'll ever dream of making. But I, I think what you said was just the perfect scenario. Even if you don't make it, and I, I kind of think they would have made it, but even if you don't make it, you've got Tampa really pinned down, and you still have an opportunity to get good field position, score, get the two-point conversion to take the game into overtime. But here's what I think people overlook about Tampa Bay. And, and I first saw this – when they played the Saints. Everybody talks about Tom Brady and understandably why, but there there are two things about that team that I, I find really interesting. I think they are salty, salty on defense, and I think they play about as good a man coverage in their defensive backfield as any team in the league. And I think they got them a real weapon when they got Leonard Fournette over there from Jacksonville. And I think his running ability, that was one of the most beautiful 20-yard touchdown runs I've ever seen a guy make that, that he did in the first half. And I think you combine a running game with a really tough, salty defense, and then you have the best quarterback that's ever played. You are a dangerous football team, and I think we're seeing it. And Green Bay, Green Bay also, you know, Rodgers was sacked, what, six times? Right. I mean, yeah. that, you can't do that. You just can't do that in a big game. You know, and win, and Tampa Bay protected their quarterback, you know, much much better. Um, you add all that up, and it's um, the, all the ingredients there for victory. They're tough, and yeah, and I don't, you know, I don't really care for either team necessarily that's going to play in the Super Bowl. But I hope that even though they're the defending champs, I normally don't like seeing teams repeat. But I hope Kansas City beats the dog's snot. <laughs> oh, out there's of that Bay. bitterness again, Luke. We got to get there this guy is. some that, counseling, that, well, man. It just seems he defined it. It's, up. it's jealousy. Yes, he called it jealousy. Is, is what he called just it. But it, it was interesting up. to me to to listen to Joe Buck say it this way: You win three games on the road, and then you get to you get to play at home. That's, he yeah, said it a lot better than that. Yeah. It's the first time in fifty five Super Bowls that. Uh, the team will host the Super Bowl. Pretty interesting. AFC side, Kelly, not much of a game. Uh, Kansas City, 38. Buffalo, 24. It just almost looked like Mahomes had been there before plenty of times, and Josh Allen had not. And I think that was a huge difference in, in the game. But, but Kansas City's team speed showed, you know, showed it's the reason why Kansas City's just so tough to defend. There is no substitute for speed. And, and it doesn't matter, and not in foot, not just in football, in baseball, basketball, any of it. You can't coach speed to a large degree. I mean, either you have it or you don't. And and um, uh, is it Hunt, the receiver number ten for Kansas City? Um, yep. Who, yeah. I mean, he's just that guy is just unbelievable. No, Tyree Kill. That's who you're talking about. Yeah, Tyree Kill. I'm sorry. Yeah, Tyree Kill. He's just unbelievably fast. And if not him, and then they got you know Kelsey over the middle. They just have. So many weapons, and nobody, nobody's been hurt. Remember, at the beginning of the year, we talk about how a football team is only as good as, as their ability to stay healthy. And Kansas City really hasn't had any major you know, health issues that they haven't been able to recover from. 
And lots of times that's what it comes down to. Um, you know, and only, only in a world that Tampa Bay has that particular quarterback with that particular quarterback get to play on his home field being a five seed. Dial, and, dial up a counselor. Find him a counselor, Luke. Come on. And, and getting to host a one seed for the Super Bowl. That's, that's, that's real good. Luke that's Johnson, here's what I think is, was wrong with Buffalo. And I, and I think you know, they're an up-and-coming team. But they have no offensive balance. They're just pass crazy. They, they, you know, there just seems to be no scenario where they go to the running game. And I just, I just don't think you see that in teams that, you know, make it all the way. Your thoughts about that? Allen had 88 of the 129 yards uh, rushing. And so what Kansas City did was they hedged all their bets on let's disrupt Josh Allen. And what happens is, especially in the second half when he was trying so hard to get him back in, it just becomes Allen getting flushed from the pocket, running around circles, and then throwing on the run. And it just doesn't work that way. I mean, there, there was absolutely zero rhythm for them offensively. Singletary had six rushes for 17 yards. Allen threw 48 passes, which tells you, you know, they were kind of playing from behind the entire time. But, you know, Allen's a tremendous athlete. I just feel like he wasn't up to playing in that type of stage yet. Now, they will be. You almost feel like the, right. the Bills, in some sense, other than what Kelly talked about, the speed. They're like two years from being where the Chiefs were maybe last year or the year before. Right. They're, they're the next bunch of young guns coming along, and that you think they'll get a couple of pieces you know, in the offseason and, and, and we'll be that. They'll be back. I just, I just feel like it was too big for Josh Allen yesterday. And, and people talk about Nunez Rochez you know, from Southern Miss playing on that Tampa Bay team and getting to be in the Super Bowl. Is DeMar Dotson still with Buccaneers? He's with the Broncos. He's with the Broncos. Okay, all right. Because I because I, I knew that he had been with the Buccaneers for a while. Yep. Um, so I guess that's our that's our lone guy, huh? I think that's right. It yeah. is. Yes. Yeah. You know, playing in the Super Bowl. So now, if you guys talk to him, because he's a big, strong dude. If you talk to him, you tell him I'm cheering for Tampa Bay, will you? Yeah, Kelly. We're we're gonna. Luke's looking up that number for you. We're going to get you an appointment this week so you feel a little better by the time the Super Bowl rolls around. You notice I didn't even mention his name. <laughs> Tom Brady. Or, or uh, Kelly, you could just refer to him as Goat. Uh, we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on the Eagle Hour on this Monday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. They're located on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Ginormous inventory, and you can find the inventory on toyotahattiesburg.com. Pick you out some vehicles to go test drive and then go see them on Highway 98 West. Toyota Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. As I mentioned earlier in the second segment, Southern Miss ladies basketball guard 
Kaya Warmsley has been named the Conference USA Freshman of the Week, scored 25 points in that Saturday game. It's the second time uh, this year that Warmsley has been named a Freshman of the Week. She joins teammate Malaya Grayson, who has also received that award uh, twice. Her 25 points on Saturday were the most by any Southern Miss player so far in a game this season. Uh, over the weekend, she averaged 18 points per game, seven rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Lady Eagles, of course, on the road at Louisiana Tech, 6.30 on Thursday. Men hosting the Bulldogs in Reed Green at 6 o'clock on Thursday. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Sander now uh, on the phone with us again. And, uh, Kelly, lots of uh, stuff about little things, some crazy Crazy historic news regarding uh, Super Bowl advertising. Pretty interesting. For the first time in 37 years, Budweiser, the Anheuser-Busch company, will not participate in Super Bowl advertising this year. First time in 37 years. The commercials this year for a 30-second spot are going for the cool price of $5.5 million. But Budweiser is not the only big sponsor of the Super Bowl in years past. That is sitting out this year's contest between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Coca-Cola and Pepsi have also both said they will not be airing any commercials this year during the Super Bowl. Most of the companies citing profits being weighed down because of the pandemic. Coca-Cola in particular, which of course has a plant there in the Hattiesburg area. Coke in a corporate statement has said that half of their profits come from from stadium sales, concert venues, and the like. And because of the pandemic, there's been very little of that, if any, going on. So their profits are way down. And and they just said that they didn't think it was uh, really any time to celebrate as many people as have died due to the pandemic. So that's why they are sitting out. But as some of the older, more established companies are sitting this one out, more of the yuppie-type companies, if you will, not yuppie, but millennial-type companies, are stepping up companies like TikTok, uh, which is a social media network. They have uh, they'll be airing commercials. So half of the commercials I probably won't understand, but you know that that's the way that goes. Meanwhile, Major League Baseball in Major League Baseball news, the state of Arizona is asking Major League Baseball to delay the beginning of spring training out in the Arizona area, Maricopa County, which is where the city of Phoenix is located is reporting record new infections every day of COVID. Yesterday, over 9,000 new infections in the Phoenix area as their numbers continue to rise. What's wild about this is we started talking about COVID in March, and we're almost a year into this, and they're still setting new records. 9,000 a day in Phoenix. The um, city of Phoenix has said they'll work with Major League Baseball in any way possible, but uh, and they don't start spring training for another month. So they are willing to wait just a little while before they officially delay the start of spring training. But they have already petitioned Major League Baseball to do just that. And in the latest Massey ratings in men's basketball, Southern Miss has dropped 16 spots down to 250th out of the 360 Division I basketball teams. Uh, Second to last in Conference USA, Middle Tennessee is uh, at 297. Meanwhile, at the top of the conference, Western Kentucky and Marshall continue to lead the way. Both of those teams are in the Eastern Division. Western Kentucky 13-4 and four overall. Meanwhile, in the West, it's North Texas, UAB, and Louisiana Tech ranked 1-2-3, according to the Masseys. Even though UAB is 12-2, and two, 
Louisiana Tech is 12-5, and five, and the Eagles now heading into the meat of their Conference USA schedule with that home-and-home home split coming up this weekend with La Tech, and then they'll have to take on Rice and North Texas. So by far the toughest part of the men's schedule for the Golden Eagles coming up in the next three weeks. So that's the way it looks from around the state, around the country, and around the world, guys. All right, guys, last minute. I, I want to share something that I think is encouraging news uh, we talk a lot about COVID. It's still there. It's still dangerous. But we've been told by medical officials that the most important statistics to watch are the hospitalization statistics. Happy to tell you that we had 1,444 Mississippians in the hospital just a month ago. That's down to 864. ICU cases down from 360 to 245. There does appear to be some hope on the horizon. So please continue to wear your mask, social distance, do the things that the medical community is asking us to do. And maybe guys by maybe guys by this summer when we're out there watching baseball, things will be pretty much back to normal. We yeah, and even though we're, we're getting ahead of this a little bit, don't get cocky. No. You know, no. about it, like, like a particular quarterback for Tampa Bay who, you know, who the goat. You know, whoever he plays for. <laughs> I'm just gonna, gonna take my team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Get him that number, Luke. Let's get jealousy. him set up. Yes, yeah, jealousy is Jealousy is such an ugly thing. Is I hate that burning. Guy. Gosh, it's such an ugly thing, Kelly. I wish he'd retire. Go take a deep breath and have a diet, Doctor Pepper, and just relax. Okay, you don't. One, you don't have to two, see the goat for another couple of weeks. Three, four. We'll be back tomorrow five. at one o'clock. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.